Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and Attention Coach Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD Problem Solving Lost in Translation. Uh, We're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show. Um, and write down the secret word of that show and then just email me the, the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made, and we'll get into the show. When you have ADHD, putting in an eight-hour workday while maintaining maximum concentration can be a challenge. Here are some strategies to help. Make your physical environment less distracting. Use your laptop, smartphone, or alarm to track appointments and deadlines. Break up long tasks into shorter ones. Take breaks and walk around. Before you leave work, take five minutes to organize your work area for the next day. To learn more about workplace issues, visit chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. So, Jan, please introduce our guest. Jeff, we're very happy to have Dr. Matt Zakreski with us today. Dr. Zakreski is a sought-after consultant, clinician, and keynote speaker around the world. As a grown-up, gifted kid, Dr. Matt has a passion for serving the neurodiverse population. After earning dual BAs in psychology and communications at Wake Forest, he assisted with research at Harvard Business School's Psychophysiology Lab before earning his doctorate in psychology at Widener University. As the founder and lead psychologist of the Neurodiversity Collective, Dr. Matt is best known for his work with gifted young people, specifically helping them understand, develop, and celebrate their uniqueness while developing strengths-based ways of operating in their world. And Jeff, we're very happy to have Dr. Zakreski with us today, affectionately referred to as Dr. Matt. Dr. Zakreski, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm grateful to you. For our listeners out there, one of the cool things about my, what I do here is I, I do the show and I, I, I get a great education because I, I hear from – I get to interview experts. But also experts, sometimes they reach out to me. And this is the, the case – and we're going to talk um, uh, Dr. Zerkesi, Dr. Matt, because it's a little bit easier um, for everybody just to kind of understand. And he reached out to me, and we had a conversation about what he does, and we started talking about how it dove into our content, and hence a show is born. And – we want to talk about a couple things today, but I want to 
Lots, lots of things can happen. One of the things I want to talk about is how things flow from understanding something to the end user. As we do that, we're going to talk about executive function, and I want to highlight why certain things work. And some, Dr. Uh, Dr. Mouth is going to talk about some of the things he's going to I want to emphasize why that works, but I also want to emphasize why sometimes it gets to the end user. It doesn't necessarily work. So to begin with it, if everybody's listened to the show, you know that I'm a big um, fan of Dr. Russell Barkley's model on executive function. As I study the model, it's brilliant because it's interesting. The uh, the model actually explains itself. Um, mm-hmm. uh, for those that there's, you have self awareness as an executive function, emotional self regulation as an executive function, and they're mutually conflicting. You kind of need both of them, but they fight each other and they kind of get in the way. I don't want to dwell on that now, but today I want to highlight thinking. Thinking inside your head is basically you're using working memory. We've done lots and lots of shows on that. Um, one of the better ones, if you just Google Attention Talk Radio GPS, there's one I did with Dr. Barkley. But working memory has two parts. One is visual imagery, all right, the ability to create a picture in your mind. And the other one's called nonverbal working memory, which is basically self-talk. And we've done lots of shows, and we've talked about working memory is impaired for people with ADHD. Some of the things that I've done before is I, I give people six words and ask them to repeat them back to me in alphabetical order, and people that have ADHD typically have difficulty with that. And the lesson there really is thinking inside your head is a little bit more of a challenge, whereas thinking outside of your head all right, makes it easier. People with ADHD are as intelligent as anybody else, but when they're trying to do it all inside their head, it's a little bit more impaired. So breaking that down a little bit more, if I were to give you a rope and give you instructions on how to tie a knot – what you're doing is you're taking those words and you're having to create some imagery and stuff to try to figure out how you would tie that knot. That would be a little bit more challenging for somebody with ADHD. I've talked about this before. When I was a Boy Scout leader, we were taught from Baden-Powell, who started Boy Scout, that this concept of edge, educate, demonstrate, guide, and empower. So we'd explain to kids a square knot is a really good knot because it doesn't slip, so we use it for first aid. Then what I would do is I would demonstrate how to tie a square knot. In that demonstration, you'll notice is they're not trying to create a visual imagery. They're seeing what I'm doing. It's easier for them. Then once I demonstrate a couple times, I give them the rope, and they try it, and I kind of guide them, and then I let them go practice. This notion of educate, demonstrate, guide, and empower is very working memory friendly. It makes the thinking and the understanding of this much, much easier. And thus, it was a, a watershed moment for me just really understanding that and realizing uh, it's helpful for me. So like my stories, are, I remember one time I had a, a garbage disposal that I needed to replace, and I couldn't figure out from the instructions how to undo the old one. All I did is I pulled up a YouTube video, and a guy showed me within like literally five seconds. I just watched him. I didn't have to figure it out from the instructions. I just saw it, and monkey see, monkey do. Another example of how it made it easier. So a lot of times this is kind of like the technology behind it all. This is what the challenges are for people with ADHD. And when they, we get out into the real world, I'm finding a lot of times people are looking for productivity apps and stuff like that. And the very tool that they're using is actually what's getting away, not actually the app. Don't want to dwell on that a lot, but my point really here is I want to highlight that with you've got ADHD, it's an executive function impairment. It's much more of a thinking problem than most people realize. Sure, there's focus issues, but a lot of times it's the emotional urge to escape the difficult task. So with that, Dr. Matt, can you talk about your background working with people with ADHD and how you have begun to learn about them and we'll segue kind of in some of the things that you do that you found effective? Yeah. 
Well, and I mean, I just, I love that, that introduction, right? It really sets the stage for what we're going to talk about today. Um, so like a lot of people who work in the neurodivergence field, you know, the work is personal and professional for me. Um, you know, so I was identified as gifted in second grade and then diagnosed with ADHD in high school. And that explained a lot. Um, <laughs> and, um, and I remember, you know, hearing a lot through school, especially the, the late middle school, early high school years. It's like, yes, we know you're smart, we know you're gifted, but if only you could use executive functioning, you would dot, dot, dot. And, and you know, and being a high achiever kid, I wanted to do the things well that they wanted me to do. But it was a lot of that stuff you were talking about, a lot of not customizing the instruction to the strengths and weaknesses of the ADHD brain. So a lot of, okay, well, all you need to do is this, 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 and then do this thing and you'll be done. And I, of course, would sit there and I would smile and I would nod, and then I would turn to do the thing, and it would be like they never spoke to me, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's goldfish brain, gone. <laughs> and that, and that's, it's frustrating, but also a little embarrassing, right? Because you're a smart kid, you want to do well, and the adult has given you instructions, and now they're, they're gone or parts of them are missing. And, you know, so either you have to turn around and admit you weren't paying attention or didn't process it, or trying to figure it out on your own, which almost certainly means you're going to get in trouble at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and given there are so many kids that I see in my job as a clinical psychologist who deal with executive dysfunction, you know, I realized that we needed to come up with strategies and skills that are more applicable for kids and, frankly, make more sense that knowing what we know about executive functioning and how these brains work. So, you know, I started really building a, a suite of tools around this idea of stuff that works. Okay. So I tell you what, let's go to break uh, real quick so we come back and we can kind of start talking about those. But a few things first. It was interesting. I did an interview years ago with Dr. Thomas Brown. He was actually at Yale at the time. Now he's at UCLA, and was we were focusing on ADHD and IQ. And it was an interesting interview, and if you want to listen to it, just Google Attention Talk Radio IQ, and it will come up. And it was fascinating because what I learned from it is having a high IQ if you have ADHD is actually kind of a curse because, because you're intelligent, people have high expectations. Your issue is not know, you know what to do. You have a hard time executing what you know to do, which is really kind of echoing what Matt said and bringing validity to it. So it actually can be harder for that crowd because of those expectations. So we're going to go to the break. You've got to check out uh, Dr. Matt's website at theneurodiversitycollective.com. Again, theneurodiversitycollective.com. Our secret word tonight is transition. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. 
And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Dr. Matt. Uh, before the break, we're talking a little bit about executive functions, specifically visual imagery and um, uh, nonverbal working memory to kind of tee up ADHD as a condition. Uh, Dr. Matt was talking about um, some of his challenges as a very gifted student being able to execute. And now we're talking about his role as a clinical psychologist. And what I like about Dr. Matt is, is you know, he's a, he's a gifted guy, so he's figuring this stuff out. And, and I like illustrated he kind of gets on the floor with kids and he's come up with some things that i'd like to him to share with you guys so we can talk about what it is and why it works so with that dr matt can you take it from here yeah um so one of the things that you know i focus on a lot is problem solving um you know because i think what you hear a lot with kids is adults you know take one of two extremes it's the what i like to call it the dig in or give in method either the dig in, like, no, you're going to do this. You're going to sit there and you're going to finish this math homework by God. Um, or they give in and they throw their hands up in the air and be like, clearly you can't do this. I'm going to do it for you. And both of those strategies don't facilitate long-term problem solving because, you know, it's all about conflict. So mm-hmm. I like to give families what I like to call a third door solution, right? Like what's the third door we can walk through? And mm-hmm. usually that's some sort of scaffolding and problem-solving technique. So one of the things that we know about the ADHD brain, for example, is, you know, when it's doing a non-preferred task, it starts to look for escapes. It's like, oh, I don't want to do this yep. anymore. Like, when can I stop? How can I get a break? How can I do this? And a lot of parents are like, you can't get a break until you're done. Or the teachers will say, like, you know, breaks, you have got way too much work to do. But the, our brains need breaks. So one of the things we do is sort of a, you know, what I like to call 45-15s, right? For every hour you work, you have, you have to do 45 minutes of work, and you, not, you get a 15-minute break no matter what. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to beg the gods for it. You don't need to get a, you know, a perfect score on your math worksheet. You know, and you can scale that down for kids who need more structure and do a 15-5, I mean, I, you know, you could, gosh, if you were a math person, which I am not, you could do a five hundred, five minutes, a hundred seconds. If you really, if you were really so inclined. But the idea there is like, that's showing problem solving. That's showing a, I'm going to meet you where you're, where you are to mm-hmm. build a meaningful skill set without pretending that the challenges of this brain don't exist. And what we see is that, you know, you know, there's this whole chicken and the egg thing with ADHD, right? It's like, I, you know, um, Jeff, I don't know if you wear glasses. Um, I, I wore glasses for a really long time. Um, and I always said, like, the worst thing in the world is needing, needing to find your glasses, but you're not wearing your glasses. Right? You need your glasses to find your glasses. So it's like ADHD or executive functioning is a similar thing. You need some executive functioning to build more executive functioning skills. That's mm-hmm. why we need to give kids – confidence so they can build more competence, right? Mm -hmm. If we give kids some wins, it releases that dopamine in the brain. It builds that idea of, oh, wait, everyone has told me I can't do this, but I just did it. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can stretch myself and grow a little bit more and develop more problem-solving skills moving in that direction. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, sometimes sometimes you take things and kind of gamify them, correct? Yes. Uh, gamification is a big part of what I do, um, and 
because I think that one of the things we know about the ADHD brain is that, you know, if it's not intrinsically engaging, right, if it's not motivating, it is – you very quickly fall off paying attention. And the kids sit there and they smile and they like to, they like to do what I call yesing you to death. They go, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, totally, yep, yep, definitely. Next time I'm in that situation, I'm totally going to do that thing that you just explained to me that I wasn't really paying attention to, but I'm going to smile and nod, and you're going to say I did a good job. And, and then three days later when I mess up that thing, you're like, why didn't you do that strategy? And I'm going to stare at you blankly. Um, I know these things happen because I did them for most of my yep. life. Um, but one of the things that we you know is kids love to play games. Kids are naturally competitive. They like to engage with things because it's interactive. It's not didactic, right? It's not an adult saying, mm-hmm. you better pay attention, Johnny. It's, hey, Johnny, you're going to play this game with me, and to play this game successfully, you're going to need to flex those executive functioning muscles. Mm-hmm. And what you find is maybe the first time you play it, not so great. Second time, a little bit better. Third time, you're really seeing them turning that corner, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a great example of this is the um, is the card game. I don't know. Have you ever heard of the card game Mao? I have not. So Mao is is essentially Uno, right? It's essentially Uno just with regular deck of playing cards. But the interesting thing about this game is that when the game starts, only the dealer knows the rules. None of the players do. And every okay. time you make a mistake, there's a penalty. Right? You, you okay. have to take a penalty card. Now, of course, the players don't know this. So, you know, the rule starts with only the you – know, one of the rules of the game is only the dealer can talk. So what is the first thing a kid with ADHD does when you hand him a deck of cards? What are we playing? So you give him a penalty card. And they, they're like, wait, why would you do that? You give him another penalty card, right? And they're mm-hmm. glaring at you. And I smile, and I'm like, I need you to pay attention to the rules. But now they're in, right? Now they're hooked. So they're figuring out how to play the game through a lot of direct feedback from me. And at the end of the game, you know, when somebody wins, and it's usually the dealer the first time, right, because I'm the only one who knows how to play, yep. we process. We talk about what happened, how did it feel, and they're, they're usually kind of mad. They're like, but, but, like, that wasn't fair. I'm like, of course it wasn't fair. It wasn't meant to be fair. Think about what it's like for you to be in a situation where you don't know what the rules are and everybody else does. It doesn't feel very good. But what you did is you dialed in, you kept your focus, you gritted your teeth, you did all the things, you know, and it's the sort of thing, like, you're giving kids a small dose of how hard life can be in a safe environment, right? You're essentially inoculating them against this idea that is going to happen more and more in their life. And then you play round two, and they know a lot more in round two than they did in round one, and they thus they play better, right? And one of the things that I always say, working with any of my neurodivergent kiddos, is you praise the behavior you want to see. Right, mm-hmm. these kids get so much more negative feedback, so much more conversations about what they're not doing or can't do. I always say, like, praise the behavior you want to see. If you, you know, if this kid is work is gritting his teeth and working so hard to align these, to align their behaviors or follow the rules of the game, that's the thing you praise. Like, hey, I know this was hard for you, but you really worked hard and you really did a great job. I'm so proud of you. Like that's because the kid knows how hard it is. We don't, mm-hmm. They don't need us to say to them, hey, you're having a tough time maintaining your focus. Like, duh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, it, but they probably haven't heard 
I saw how hard you were working to learn from your mistakes and, and muscle through this, and I think that's awesome. Because then you find so, by the third, fourth game. Yeah. So while you're doing this, i got to believe some kids are really, really engaged, and others are kind of on the fringe, like almost a little bit like close to giving up. Yeah. You can see that in their face, right? Oh, God. It's all in their body language. The best thing about working with ADHD kids is they can't hide stuff. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. they, a lot of them wear their emotions on their sleeve, even if they're using their words to say, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But their body mm-hmm. language is like, I'm disengaged, I'm frustrated. Right. Yep. And I trust that you would make adjustments at that point in time based off the body language feedback you're getting from the kid. Exactly. And and I think I often say that if therapy is anything, it's the ability to make unspoken things spoken. Mm-hmm. Right. So I bring all that stuff into the space. Right. If I'm playing a game with a kiddo and they're getting frustrated, they're starting to shut down. I'll say, hold on a second. This game is meant to help us. Right. It's clearly not helping you right now. Let's take a break and either play a different game or maybe you can tell me what's what's bothering you right now. And 99 percent of the time, if you honor a kid's emotional experience, they're going to say, well, this is too hard for me or I don't get it or I don't like this. And then, then we pivot either into something else or we make some scaffolding based on, on how, to, how to fix that up for that kid, right? I mean, you know, this work, good therapeutic work is, is a partnership, right? Mm-hmm. It's not top-down, I have all the power, right? Because that's not, that's not how kids learn well, ADHD or not. It's obviously much mm-hmm. more effective for ADHD kids, yep. right? But it's, you know, I mean, you make them a partner, you give them a voice, Yep. And all of a sudden, they're, they're dialed back into this game we're trying to play. So I want to just stop here. and So understand self-awareness is a big issue. It's an executive function. And actually awareness around you, like um, social awareness, um, social settings. And what I like about this game is you're going in, and the kids have to learn to problem solve because they're not, they're not given the rules. They're having right. to engage and pay attention in a fun way. You're there with them interacting, getting a read on each child, nonverbal communication to dial what you're doing into where that kid is intellectually and where they are emotionally, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I remember when I got out of college, I, was, I had to take my GREs, I guess, to, to get my MBA. It was funny because I learned it. In the old days, you just had the test. You started taking the computer online. The computer would – once you started – gave you too hard of a problem, it would dial it back down. After a while, they would, it would kind of, you just end up getting the same level of problems because they dialed it in to match where you are. That's where they could kind of see where your intellect was on it. So you're dialing this into each kid, not allowing them to bail out. They're having that interaction, and they're seeing you not just reading the stuff on the paper. So it's engaging them in a way where they're using executive functions in multiple different ways, one, to play the game, one, to begin to learn the rules of the game, and actually deal with the emotions around this. And what I, what's cool about this is this is a very interactive game that's required of the kids and you to dial this in. Is that a fair way of describing this? Uh, you said it perfectly. So I need to go to break again here, but, but we're getting into this dynamic that's taking place. And 
one of the things that I, uh, Dr. Thomas Brown once said, as the need for independent work increases, ADHD productivity decreases, because you have to go think inside your head. And I remember when the pandemic hit, everybody was sent home to go think inside your head. My phone's lit up like a Christmas tree people saying, I'm not motivated. I got productivity problems. No, it's not. That's a thinking problem that really kind of got taken away. So I'm kind of tipping my cards on that. Um, before we go to break, check out uh, Dr. Matt's website at Neuro. Diversity Collect. Oh, excuse me. The NeuroDiversityCollective.com. Our secret uh, word tonight is uh, translation, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Dr. Matt. We're talking about executive function. We're talking about some of the things that he does uh, working with people with ADHD. And before the break, he gave us a real vivid example of a very interactive um, a gamified thing to help kids learn how to problem solve and actually think. Um, I want to pause here and, and actually just make a couple comments. In our world today, convenience is more important, I think, sometimes than does it work. More and more things are being set up to be somewhat convenient that, in my mind, they're kind of set this backwards. And one of the things that I've learned over the years is you can't delegate things into a group that are best done one-on-one. And I'm highlighting these things because Dr. Matt sitting there in a, in a small group on one-on-one or one-on-very-few and interacting with them to learn. Now, that's my, maybe the convenience would be more fun and maybe could make a lot more money if he, if he did this for 500 people at one time. But it begins to degrade in terms of its effectiveness here. And so mm-hmm. I think this is an important premise because I talk about this to people. I work with them coaching-wise. I help them understand what it works. And one of my mantras is you've got to remember it's convenient for society if you do it their way. And you're always going to be yep. bullied to do that. But the idea here is this show is really try to help you understand this is actually the stuff that actually works. Um, so, Dr. Matt, just for time perspective, I was hoping we could kind of go through a couple more what you do, you actually try to help other people, like teachers, learn these types of things so they can implement it. Is that correct? That, yes. And, you and know, as, as you – go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, because, you know, I mean, the limitation of my job is that I see kids for somewhere between a half hour to an hour once or twice a month, right? I mean, maybe I get a kid three times a month, Right. 
So my the dosage of me is small. But if I can get a teacher who the kid is going to spend 30 to 40 hours a week with speaking this language with good tips and strategies, with good games to build these skills, then I'm helping that kid even when they're not with me. So it's one of yep. those things that's like, you know, it, it helps it helps a, change the environment to change what these kids need. Now, when you're working with other people like teachers, how do you transfer this information? Do you give them a book and explain it to them? Uh, do you have them watch or do you have them do the games? Tell us about that a little bit. I love to make teachers do games um, in, in my professional development talks. Um, and and it's funny because there's initially some hesitation, right? There's some, some anxiety, like why is this strange man making me play this game? But then we always talk about it. We, we praise the behavior we want to see, and we talk about what's actually happening, why it's working, why it's helpful. And, you know, I mean, this, this is another game. Um, it's, a, it, it's funny. I usually do, do this as my intro because it's very simple. Um, do you remember the – this is an old camp game, Johnny Swoop. Oh, God, it rings a bell, but I can't remember it. Well, I think anybody who went to camp in the 70s or 80s or 90s probably played some version of this game. The idea is that, like, I do a pattern on my fingers, right? Johnny, 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 swoop, Johnny, swoop, Johnny, 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 Johnny. And I ask the person to do that. Key thing here is I ask them to do exactly what I do with my hands. And at the end of that little pattern, I put my hands in my lap. Now, what people do is they, they quickly learn how to do the Johnny swoop pattern, but because of how the brain works, the brain stops paying attention once it realizes what the pattern is. So it, it, its eyes pop up and to the left. And if mm-hmm. you watch videos of people doing this, the eyes always pop up and to the left. Mm-hmm. So they miss that last 5%, right? Mm-hmm. So you can have somebody do this and do this and do this and they get more and more frustrated. And they're sitting there going like, why is it this way? I don't get it. And why am I doing wrong? And then you talk about the frustration. You talk about what strategies you can use. You can build in some scaffolding. So then you tell them that the thing at the end is, you know, the hands, and they go, oh, my gosh, they roll their eyes. And I tell teachers, so you can do that with any kid. You don't need to be a mental health professional like me to do that. And it's just a way to remind kids the power of scaffolding, or the mm-hmm. power of giving kids slightly more instruction or tweaking the delivery you know, because I, I tell them, you're not getting this wrong because you're dumb or because your brain doesn't work or for all these other reasons society has given you. I'm literally hacking your brain, right? I'm, t- I'm, yep. I'm giving you an instruction that your brain is designed not to pay attention to. If I put the hands in the lap at the beginning and then did the Johnny Swoop pattern, oh, my gosh, they would get it in the, on the first time and I would have much less yep. to do. So it's that idea. It's like it's not just games for the sake of games. It's games that are based in good neuroscience that mm-hmm. any kid can play, any teacher or parent can deliver. And then there's that lesson. It's a tangible experience for them to return to. Um, and I have teachers that have used these games. Um, you know, they'll email me from time to time. I'd be like, I did Johnny Swoop with a kid today. And they were like, oh, I remember this. You know, yep. because it's that nice little dose response thing. They're returning to a lesson that meant something to them. So the the tangibility of this, I think, is really, really important kind of through the process. I talked about visual imagery and talked at the beginning. We talked about edge thing, and then you're interacting with these kids, and you're like the teachers are kind of getting in to do that. And I think that what you're doing does that. I think there's a lot of other people out there, though, that do it in books, 
and don't have them actually experience those games. And so what happens is you've got really good, as I saw, technology, neuros, and you understand what's going on, but it flows through the system and it gets kind of to the end user. And it's like I remember I was at fourth grade or whatever. There was extra time in class, so the teacher told the, you know somebody a story, and it got the story got told quietly around the room, and then they said the story at the end of it, and she said, well, this is the original story, and it got totally lost in translation. And I'm bringing this around because I think there's a lot of really well-intended people, but when things flow, flow through this and they get to the end user, particularly when teachers are trained by a book or a class and they're not actually interacting, they lose a lot of the original reason this is happening, and they end up shortcutting it. So it sounded really good in the beginning, but it's not effective in the end because the delivery wasn't the way it was intended. Right. Your thoughts on that? Does that? I mean, am I misrepresenting that from your perspective, or is that more logically kind of no, what happens? I mean, well, and I I think that you you've spoken to something that's really vital here is that you know you could have the best delivery or the best intervention in the world, but if it isn't explained well or understood thoroughly, then then perhaps people are using it incorrectly or or not highlighting the right pieces of it. Um, yes. A great a great example of this, right, is like how many people tell kids to breathe. Breathe. You're upset. You've got to breathe. Yep. You don't tell kids how to breathe. It, it's a there's actually a strategy. It's a different kind of breathing to be more effective in in self-regulating. But if all you do is tell a kid to breathe, then you're actually making the situation worse because you're adding a demand task to a situation where the kid may not be able to meet rise to that challenge. Um. So. So that's yeah. you know. So what I do yeah. when I do these trainings, right, is I try to make, I try to make the the delivery very clear. But then I send my PowerPoint slide deck to to these teachers with very clear instructions in it because I say like, listen, I want you to have this. I want you to be able to use this. And here's my email. You email me yeah. at any time, and I will walk you through how to do this with your kids, or how do you tweak it for high school kids, or how do you tweak it with kids who have you know, uh, therapy trauma, right? How do you do yep. that? Here's what we do, right? So, I mean, I, I think that there's a lot of professional development stuff out there, especially for teachers. Somebody comes in, they do a 90-minute talk, rah, rah, you'll change the world, go team. Then they hop on the plane and they fly out of Dodge, and you're left holding the bag with maybe not yep. any new strategies or strategies that you can't use. I always say, well, I, want you to have, I want you to have what I have. I want you to know what I know so you can help these kids. And, and sometimes I think people don't – like the most important part, they glass over. So I, I want to see if I can illustrate this a second. On the Johnny Swoop thing, you mentioned more instruction, like, oh, I need more instruction as if to get the student to recognize that to go seek instruction. Did I, did I hear that correctly? And either it's seeking that instruction or giving them the experience of what does scaffolding look like. Remember how we talked before yep. about those yep. third-door solutions? Yep. Right. It, you know, so if you're like, dig in, nope, you're going to sit here until you figure this out, or give in, here's the answer. A third-door solution is, what I often do is like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a little scaffolding. I'm going to say, start watching me when I want you to start, and I'm going to say, yep. stop watching me when I want you to stop. That's a third-door solution, right? That is a, okay. it's a little bit more scaffolding, so they, so their brains now are paying attention to that last 5%. Then they go, oh, and then they do it. But I didn't do it for them. I just gave them a little nudge. So, and most so, of the time, that's what kids need. 
Yeah, so this, I, this is going to be where I was kind of going with this, and I understand the scaffolding because it's loosely yeah. related to this, is I'm finding a lot of times now I'm coaching a college student. And I'm yeah. like, well, would you go to those office hours? The t- professors, are you going? No. <laughs> Why? No, of course not. <laughs> Why? First of all, I want them to talk out loud because a lot of times kids are like, you know, I, I, you know, I don't have any like, – sometimes you need an education. Like I didn't understand the concept. I can't ask you questions because I don't can – I, can I go to the teacher and say, can I get my head around this? And you want to talk out loud with them so that you can get the concept. But what's interesting to me from a problem-solving perspective – I've, I've literally had this conversation like, why, why do we have teachers? Why are professors around? And people are like, I don't know, because they make learning easier. That's their job. They're, they're supposed to make it easier for you to learn. If not, we, would just, we wouldn't have teachers. We'd just go learn it on our own. And they're amazed at this concept. Like, yeah, that's the purpose of the teacher. They're supposed to make it easier for you if you're not going in and problem solving around it. Again, it's, a little, it's loosely related to the third year, but it is problem solving. But it's amazing to me these kids aren't empowered. They just sit there. And they just grind and stay stuck. And so anyway, the, the, mm-hmm. the, I need to pull this together from a time perspective. But one of the things that I'm hoping people are understanding, there's a lot of good stuff that we know out there. It flows through. And I love what Dr. Matt did in terms of explaining his philosophy and the games where kids are kind of problem solving because that's teaching higher level problem solving skills in an interactive environment that's customized to the kid. And as we flow this through the system, we can begin to see a lot of the, the important things get lost. It's still somewhat there, but it's not as effective as the end. And our topic today was problem-solving and talking about this and explaining how things get lost in translation and the importance to understand underlying what's going on. Is that, mm-hmm. is that, did I articulate that well or anything you want to add to I that? Think, I, think you said, yeah, I think you said that beautifully. And this is a very much an awareness show. You still have to go back in the world and go figure this out, but we hope that we've given you some metaphors, some structure, and a way of looking at this so you can begin to go identify what's happening. Like for me, whenever I call customer service, I want to know the technology behind whatever I'm dealing with because I'm going to want to problem solve because I understand what the product is or why it works the way it is as opposed to just the FAQ uh, methodical, like, well, the manual says this, this must be the problem. So, again, this gets us back to empowering you to problem solve. Matt, as we come to close, any last thoughts before we call it a day? Well, and I think the right thing to do here is that word of empowerment, right? Like, yes, because, you know, something you said earlier really stuck with me is that it would be easier for me to just do talk therapy with these kids, right? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about executive functioning. Let's think about strategies. And we know this stuff doesn't work, right? It doesn't make a meaningful impact on the brain, right? I mean, and in research from everyone, from Dr. Brown to Dr. Barkley to everybody else who's, you know, my colleague, Dr. Sharon Celine does a lot of work on this, like that is stuff doesn't work. And so the idea here is, you know, if our kids aren't learning what we're tr- trying to teach them, maybe it's not them that's the slow learners. Maybe it's us. <laughs> right. We have to. I, I, I use that quote all the time. Um, you know, and it's, the idea is like we have for kids with different brains, we have to adapt our skills. We have to adapt our approaches. Laying there on the proverbial couch and talking about childhood for a college kid with ADHD. I'm not saying it wouldn't be helpful, but it's 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 addressing the wrong problem. Yep. Right. We want our kids to be in touch with their neurodivergence and build the skills, because when they do that, they level up faster and, and things like games, skills, activities, having, I can't tell you how many times for the college kids I work with, I'm like, listen, 
you know, we're doing this virtually. I want you to go to the coffee shop right now, and I want you to order something, and I want you to sit here and talk to me until they call your name so you can practice dealing with the anxiety that comes with waiting because it's hard for you because you have executive dysfunction, yep. but I'm here to help you. I'm the kickstand on your bike right now. So yep. we're sitting there, and the kid is, like, visibly anxious, right? And then yep. they're like, all right, Tony. And they're like, wait, that's me. I'm like, go, 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 you got it, you got it, right? <laughs> and then they're getting that reinforcement, right? They job well yep. done. They have the support from me. You know, that is a very atypical therapy approach. But I'll tell you this, it works. Right, Absolutely. and that's that because you're getting the problem solving, you're getting the experience. Right, I always yep. say to my kids, competence builds confidence, which builds more competence, which builds more confidence. Right, it's a virtuous cycle. Everyone with ADHD knows how easy it is to get into a vicious cycle. You mess up, mm-hmm. you get down on yourself, which makes you more likely to to mess up, which makes you more down on yourself. Right, we want to rest those patterns and replace them with a virtuous cycle of Feel better, do better. Feel better, do better. Yep. And games like this can put you on that path. So bringing it to a close for my long-term listeners, you've heard this before, <laughs> For if you're new, is I tell this, I read a couple books on how to play the guitar, and when I picked the damn thing up, I couldn't freaking play it. Like, I need to get my money back. <laughs> my point is, yeah. is that, as Dr. Matt has described, it's not about a book or sitting there. He's getting down and he's putting guitars in people's hands and putting their fingers on the strings and doing it in community along with them, whether it's at a coffee shop or um, in the game that he was t- discussing earlier. And this is where the r- rubber meets the road. This is where it kind of breaks down, and a lot of that stuff is lost in translation. So uh, anyway, with all that stuff, Dr. Matt, I thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Like, like you said, I mean, I basically cold called you. <laughs> but I get some of my best show ideas. So I appreciate that. Everybody, go check out the website, theneurodiversitycollective.com. Remember, tonight our secret word is translation. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.